0: You did it. You survived 2020. You should give yourself a round of applause. You made it through a crazy, wild year. 2020 was a year of firsts for so many of us. For some of you, you hopped on your first Zoom call ever. Others of you, you made your first online grocery order. For others of you, you watched church from home for the first time. Uh, Others of you, you saw your doctor over your computer for the first time. A few of us lucky people got to experience that lovely feeling of having our brain tickled by a Q-tip shoved farther up our nose than anything should ever go. Some of you, you, you voted by mail for the first time, or, or you experienced a concert digitally. And some of us had that lovely feeling of praying to Jesus that when we went to the store, there would actually be toilet paper there. 2020 was filled with a lot of firsts. And as we look back on this year, I think it's, it's easy to focus on the difficulty the adversity, the things we were deprived of and missed. But what I want to do today is I want to take some time to look back at the year that was and look for God at work in the midst of it. For the last few years at Cornerstone, at the beginning of the year, we've set aside a Sunday to discuss the state of our church. And today is that day as you look back on 2020. We're going to do three things today. We're going to look back and see all the ways that God was at work. We're going to look within and remember who God has called us to be as a church. And then we're going to look ahead as best we can in an environment like this and look at whose God is calling us to be and what he's calling us to do in the future. So, if you're new to Cornerstone, maybe this is your first time to watch. This is not going to be a normal message. This is be maybe a little bit more of a family message, but I would encourage you to not tune out because I think you picked a great Sunday to get a sneak peek and a deep dive into who we are as a church, what we care about, and how God is at work in our midst. So, let's get started by looking back. The beginning of last year, we we launched a a little three-week series called In the Wilderness. Turns out that by the end of the year, this would become the most-watched message series in our church. And and little did we know that this series was about to be surprisingly prophetic. Because in this series, we looked at how God worked in the lives of some people who found themselves in wilderness situations. And here's how we defined a wilderness— we said a wilderness is a place or set of circumstances where people are subjected to forces that test them and often make them change, usually instigated without their input or active choosing. Now I just want you to know, I didn't write that after COVID-19. I wrote that in January before any of us even knew what COVID-19 would do. And part of the reason I think this series was so impactful is it prepared us to go through what started in March. On March 15th, we had a unique Sunday. It was the first time outside of a random snowstorm that we only met online. And it was the beginning of an online only season. And on that day, we we cast a vision. We said, hey, as people, we want to respond to this moment, not out of fear, but out of hope. We want to turn the hope knob in this moment. We want to trust God that he's going to move and he's going to work. And that vision became tested because We met online only for 14 Sundays in a row, twice in 2020. In the spring of 2020, we met from March 15th to the middle of June only online. And then in August, we started again meeting only online into the month of November. And we know for so many of you that that challenged you, that stretched you, that made you uncomfortable, that was difficult. But we're so grateful for the hundreds of you that kept watching, you kept leaning in, you kept praying, you kept giving, you kept believing, and God was at work. And it was so awesome to get pictures from you every Sunday in that season as you gathered and in watch parties and homes. Families and friends came together, some of them social distance, some of them watched outside, some of them wore masks, But but you gathered together, you sought out community, and you experienced church in your living room. And it was awesome to hear God, how God was at work. A few weeks later, after we went online only, we celebrated Easter. And to our great surprise, we saw over 1,200 people watch a service on Easter weekend in 2020. It was the largest weekend in the history of our church. And it was so cool to hear in that season how God was at work. We we heard a story from a woman named Debbie who who discovered us in the spring. And here's a little bit of Debbie's story. She said, I grew up in a family that never exposed me to faith, the Bible, or any conversations about Jesus. I would say I was an agnostic, pushing away any feelings and desires to explore faith whenever they arose. A month after COVID-19 hit, my husband began sharing with me what he was learning through studying the Bible. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior on March 31st, 2020. Shortly after that, we began watching Cornerstone's online services. I look forward to being baptized in March of 2021. We met Debbie near the end of, of 2020, but she was one of many who watched for weeks and months that we had an opportunity to impact. And we're so excited for that baptism s- service next month. And we'll be able to celebrate in her baptism. Well, coming out of, of Easter, we knew that we were in some crazy stormy times. And so we went into a series to learn about, you know, the Bible's number one storm expert, Noah. And we we learned that Noah was actually in the ark for over a year. It made our quarantines at home seem so much simpler and easier. And we found so many lessons from Noah's life as we ourselves were navigating an epic storm. It wasn't just adults, though. It was kids. In this season, our our family ministry said, how do we serve families who are watching services at home? How do we connect with kids? And so outside our roster campus, we set up a green mailbox. That green mailbox became our chance to get materials to parents. But it also became an opportunity for us to serve our community. Our family ministry partnered with the Good Samaritan Society, who was trying to serve thousands of seniors who were quarantined and isolated and dealing with the loneliness and mental and emotional and spiritual impacts of that. Our kids began drawing pictures and decorating rocks and Over the 2020 period, we had a huge impact through our friends at Good Samaritan Society. The story got told in the Daily Courier and online, the story spread. And in 2020, 1,700 senior adults received over 7,000 copies of pictures completed by Cornerstone Kids. We brought a little bit of hope, a little bit of encouragement and God's love to some people who were feeling isolated and alone and discouraged. God transformed lives in in 2020. And we had a chance to gather together near the end of the summer. And we celebrated in baptism. We saw seven people baptized out at Prescott Pines Camp. We had a baptism service and a worship night. And one of those baptisms was a young woman named Abby. She had been scheduled to be baptized in March, but COVID pushed that back. And so on on, uh, September, I think it was like 10th or 12th, we got a chance to baptize Abby and she shared her story with us that night. She said, my sister invited me to church one Sunday morning. I was afraid I might catch on fire as I hadn't attended church in four years. And I walked through the doors, hung over from a night of drinking. To my surprise, I did not catch on fire and I felt welcomed with open arms. A few months later, I was taken advantage of for the second time in my life. This time, instead of running away from God, I turned to him and his love. His peace and healing were with me every day. I decided to be baptized because of Jesus' never-ending, never-failing love. And you are part of that story. You're part of the story of Abby's transformation in Christ. Your prayer, your faithful giving, it gave us the ability to make an impact in her life. In the middle of 2020, our student ministry, which had been meeting on Zoom, began meeting again in a local park, and and their numbers exploded. It was awesome to see us connecting with students who had felt the impact of the pandemic, isolation, loneliness, and the like. And Pastor Josh had had a vision for some time to expand the reach of our student ministry. And so in the fall of 2020 we launched a new junior high ministry. We brought a new team member on, Abby Marshall. And Abby now leads our junior high ministry that meets with 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. Pastor Josh provides leadership to the whole ministry, and he focuses on ninth through 12th graders. It's been amazing to see our students dig their roots even deeper into the gospel in a pivotal period in their life. And it's been so awesome to hear stories of them bringing their friends And to see the gospel impact the next generation. As I said earlier, 2020 was something we survived. It was hard. And for many of us, the impact of 2020, it hit hard on our mental and emotional health. So at the end of the summer, we did something that was new for Cornerstone. We set aside an entire Sunday to talk about mental health. We invited six local counselors that we refer people to who need counseling in their lives. We talked to the Kaufmans, the Rosebaughs. And the Heinrichs about how God works in our minds and in our hearts to bring us to places of healing. We tried to break some stigmas around the topic of mental health, anxiety, depression, and counseling. And it was amazing because several of these folks came into that day with availability for new clients. And within two months, they had waiting lists because you stepped forward and pursued healing because of the freedom that came out of that day. In the weeks to come, we continued in a series called Mastermind. We we saw how the Bible and modern science come together and show us how our minds really can change and we can move towards freedom, healing, and hope. For the last few years, we've been setting aside some time every fall to get out in our community and show them that we're for them. We call it For Prescott Week. Well, with the dynamics of 2020 being what they were, we had to expand that from For Prescott Week to For Prescott Month. And you were amazing, Cornerstone. You showed up and transformed the playground of a local school, enabling kids to get outside and run out some of that energy that that gets caught up in being online, doing school, or being in a classroom with masks and distancing. It changed the experience of that school and that playground. Your work did. We showed up at the Gospel Rescue Mission and did a campus cleanup that day and transformed the campus where they serve women and children coming out of homelessness, You wrote over 250 personal notes to educators, thanking them and acknowledging them for their service and sacrifice in this difficult season. You donated over 2,000 snacks that we were able to deliver and stock in their break rooms. And over the weeks that followed, we received emails, postcards, and letters from teachers, administrators, support staff, principals, saying thank you for seeing us. Thank you for acknowledging us. Thank you for recognizing the difficulty that we are caught up in. And thank you for letting us know that you are with us. It was amazing to push in a cart filled with power bars and granola bars and Doritos and fruit snacks and see teachers and and staff cry because somebody cared enough to show up and come alongside them. One of the hardest parts about ministering in 2020 has been talking to cameras instead of talking to people, wondering who was on the other side of that camera and how was God at work in their lives. Near the end of 2020, we heard one of the most amazing stories. Somebody who was watching at home shared with us about how God was at work in their life. His name is Mike and here's his story. Mike said, I began attending Cornerstone online in March of 2020 on the recommendation of my friend, Chris. Around that time, Chris had offered to meet weekly for breakfast outdoors and read the Bible together. I had known of Chris's deep faith for more than the 10 years we'd known each other. So I trusted his guidance. I had never been to an evangelical church and I found it much easier to attend by going online first. That was a common experience in 2020. I was afraid of what they were going to say, so I never dared to enter. Well, what I heard at Cornerstone was what I needed most in my life. After months of online attendance to Cornerstone and breakfast with Chris, I knew Jesus had come to save me. At what became a rather long business lunch meeting in October with Chris and our mutual Christian friend, Doug, I made the decision to accept Jesus as my almighty and my most holy and gracious savior. I look forward to being baptized in March. We're so excited that in the midst of a challenging and difficult year, Jesus was transforming lives. And so if you were watching going, man, is this making any difference? Who else is out watching? If you gave in the midst of your adversity or challenge in 2020 saying, I don't know what God's going to do through what I gave. You gave to be a part of God encountering Mike. And we're so grateful for people like Chris who loved their friends enough to share about the difference Jesus made in their lives. Well, at the end of our second run of 14 weeks in a row of online-only services, we celebrated coming back together in the month of November. We began gathering at Mile High Middle School near downtown Prescott. We've been there now for about 10 weeks. And we're so grateful for the opportunity to meet in person while continuing to minister to those of you who also watch online. And so those are a few of the highlights as we look back at 2020. Some of the stories and the the moments that were significant of God at work. In addition to those stories, we also wanted to share with you some some stats and some numbers. And I'll just let you know that that sometimes the church, when sharing numbers, gets it wrong. Or or gives off a vibe that, that numbers are all that matter and the only thing that matters is bigger and better numbers. Well, at Cornerstone, we don't believe that. What we believe is this. We believe that every number has a name. One of the numbers we're going to share with you today is Mike, who put his faith and trust in Christ last year. One of the numbers we're going to share with you is Debbie, who put her faith and trust in Christ. One of those numbers is Abby, who got baptized. Each of those numbers, it has a name. And each of those names has a story. And you've gotten to hear a few of those, and you yourself are one of those. And every one of those stories matters to God. So yes, at Cornerstone, we count numbers because we believe that people count. And we want to share some of those numbers with you right now. In 2020, we saw an average weekly attendance of about 743 people. To the best of our estimation, both the season we were fully open in January and February, the seasons we were open in June and July and November and December, and those seasons that we were only open online, you put those all together, on average, over 700 people gathered in worship each Sunday with Cornerstone. Because of our online reach, though, over 4,000 people in 2020 attended a Cornerstone service. Many of those attended online, on Facebook, on our website, or on YouTube. In 2020, you came together and sought out community in the midst of loneliness and isolation. 350 people were involved in 35 community groups at Cornerstone, coming together in Zoom in certain seasons, coming together in backyards, community centers, parks, lots of creative ways, but you supported one another and walked with each other. We wouldn't have been able to do what we did in 2020 if it wasn't for our amazing volunteers. Over 150 people served in 2020 as a volunteer as part of a cornerstone ministry. Some of them served weeks and months on end, helping us to continue to press forward in this year. Over 80 people attended a starting point class and learned about our church, and began to think about getting more involved, possibly even joining in membership. You were incredibly generous To our mission and our church in 2020. $1.185 million was given by you to our general fund. That enabled us to continue the ministry here without stopping, enabled us to expand our reach online. 15% of that went to missions, and it enabled us to continue our commitments as well as meet new needs that emerged around the world because of COVID 19. You also went above and beyond. You gave nearly $60,000 to our benevolence fund, which enabled us to meet tangible needs in our church and in our community. And, And late last year, our staff came into work one morning as our office had reopened, and there was a note on the door. And this note to me represented everything that you gave to do. We've blocked out the name of the person who wrote the note, but we just had to share it with you the note says, Dear Cornerstone, my name is, and we've blurred that out, I am the single mother whom your church has helped this past year in regards to my rent situation. I did and will continue to be thankful for your blessing. Included with this brief thank you letter is a money order in the amount of $2,850. I know it isn't much, but I wanted to show some kind of appreciation. Thank you again, and happy holidays. That gift of 2850, it reminded me of the parable that Jesus told of the widow's might. A man came in the temple and gave a huge amount of money. It rattled in the coffers and drew attention. Then a widow came and she put in two small coins, all she had. And Jesus said, she gave way more than him because he gave out of abundance. And she, in her poverty, gave all she had. I read that note and I said, man, I'm so glad we got to be a blessing in her life. And I'm so glad that she now is able to be a blessing in someone else's. As I mentioned earlier during Ministry Highlights, we've put many of these stories and stats together for you today in our annual report. And if you want to get a copy of all of that, you can go online today to prescottcornerstone.com slash report. If you're watching this message right now on Facebook or YouTube, our host is going to put that link in the comments so you can celebrate all the things that God has done. So that's looking back. God did some amazing things. I said we were going to also do two other things, and one of those was we were going to look within and we were to talk about who God has called us to be as a church, Part of what our staff and our board did in 2020 is we began talking and praying about clarifying our sense of purpose, our mission as a church. And over conversations, some in person, some online, after a lot of prayer, we've come together with unity around this statement. This is the mission of Cornerstone Church. This is the reason why we exist Cornerstone Church exists to help people take their next step with Jesus. I know some of you are watching like, well, yeah, of course. Every week it's next steps. Yeah, we're not saying this is like a revolution that we're massively going in a new direction, but this sense of mission clarified for us what we are about. The reason why we're here is not to drive up numbers. It's not just to put on a service. We believe the reason that God has had a church named Cornerstone for almost 32 years is to help people like you, like me, to take our next step with Jesus. And there's a passage of scripture I, I want to show you that I think illuminates this and what the experience of this has looked like in 2020. It's in the book of Matthew chapter 3. So if you have your Bible and you want to open it today, I'd encourage you to go there. Matthew chapter 3, at the end of it, is this significant moment when Jesus is baptized. He's baptized to show the kind of repentance he wants people to walk in. He's baptized as a model of what his followers will one day do. Something significant happens when Jesus is baptized, beginning in verse 16. Matthew writes, When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. John raised him up. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. He hears his identity from his Father. And then in the very next verse, which in our Bible is a new chapter, In verse 1 of Matthew 4, it says, Then, immediately after the baptism, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. If you follow the story of Jesus, he hears his identity from his Father. This is who you are. And then he has a next step into the wilderness to fast and be tempted. And last year, I was trying to make sense of of what God was doing in me. Because like you, 2020 was hard for me. I had days that I didn't necessarily feel hopeful. I had days, honestly, where I was depressed, discouraged, down. Days that I felt like I accomplished nothing. My kids were at home. I was working from home. Let me tell you, pastoring from home is not ideal. (laughs) Leading a team from home and a church is not ideal. Playing tech support to three small children trying to get their video chats and printers to work. All the while trying to lead during a time that I was not taught about during seminary. (laughs) I must have missed the day about leading during a pandemic. But in the midst of that, I stumbled on the words of a pastor who was navigating through a similar thing in a different area of the country. His name was John Mark Comer. Here's what John Mark said. He said, I'm starting to notice a pattern in Scripture and my own life. God rarely gives a map for the future. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but, but... I know 2020 feels like there's no map and 2021 feels like there's no map. But that's been the story of how God has worked for a long time. God rarely gives us a map of all that is to come. John Mark said, instead, God gives an identity. This is who you are and a next step. Go, do this. The longer I follow Jesus, the more that's enough. And I began to open the Gospels and look at how Jesus ministered. And I saw Jesus speak to two fishermen named James and John. And they said, Jesus, we want to learn more about you. He said, if if you want to see where I'm going, come and see. He invited them to become his followers and to leave their boats and their nets behind. Later on, a, a young man came to Jesus who was wealthy and powerful. And he thought that he had done everything right. Jesus says, if you want to come follow me, there's just one thing you have left to do. It's your next step. Sell all you have. Give that money to the poor. And be my follower. And that young man said, no. Because he loved his money. He turned down the next step and the new identity that Jesus was offering him. One day there was a great crowd and Jesus was standing in the middle of it. And in that crowd was a woman who'd been battling a physical ailment for 12 years. And she said, if I will just reach out and touch Jesus, I'll be healed. And she did. And she was. And in all of those moments, and for us, I believe the moment we're in right now, I believe that what Jesus is doing is he's reminding us of who he says we are. Not who our world tells us we are, not not what the voices in our lives tell us we are, but who he says we are. And then he's showing us not a map with our next hundred steps, but our next step. In the Psalms, it says that God's word is a lamp to our feet. It shows us our next step. It doesn't show us a hundred steps. It's our next one. And this is part of the reason that our mission is to help people take their next step with Jesus. Because none of us know all the steps that are ahead. But all of us have a next step. Whether you're like Mike and and you're not sure what you believe about Jesus. Or you're like Debbie, you've pushed off thoughts of Jesus and faith. Or you've been following Jesus for 50 years All of us have a next step. And at Cornerstone, we we try to emphasize four key next steps. We encourage everybody to gather in worship. And while that looks different for some of us, some of you haven't been to a physical service ever at Cornerstone. Some of you haven't been to one since March. Gathering together in this way on Sunday mornings is so important. At the end of 2020, the Gallup organization released a study that was profound it focused on the changes in mental health in Americans from 2019 to 2020. And what the study found was this, that in every category by age, ethnicity, income, and political affiliation, Americans saw a decrease in mental health from 2019 to 2020, except for one group. Americans who attend Religious Services Weekly were the only demographic group to see their mental health improve in 2020. This is important, not just for our spiritual health, but for our mental health. And we'd encourage you, whether you're gonna watch in person at our Mile High service at 9 a.m. on Sundays, or you're gonna gather here at 10.30 online, prioritize this gathering and worship every week. The second step we emphasize is connecting in a group. And we saw in 2020 the difference that was made between those who were isolated and lonely and those who were connected in community. And maybe you noticed the difference in those seasons that you felt more connected, you were more resilient, and those seasons you were more isolated and lonely, you were more discouraged. That was Renee's story. She shared it with one of our pastors a few weeks ago. She said, I'm new to Prescott originally from central New York, and I've never been in a small group. This has been the best thing that God brought into my life. I've found great Christian friends that I'm learning from all the time. In December, I was very ill with COVID. My group, they all loved on me, brought us food, checked in regularly, prayed for us. My my husband had it too, COVID. They became our friends. I do a Bible study with a few of them, and I just feel as though they're my second family. I have deep gratitude for our group and the church. And if you're not connected in community, you're missing out on the difference that people can make in your life to help you take your next step with Jesus, even in the midst of adversity like Renee was. The third step we encourage is is serving where you're gifted. We believe that each and every person who has a relationship with Jesus has been given gifts by God to build up the church. And part of taking our next step with Jesus is putting those gifts into action by serving. And it's been amazing to see people serve in ways they never have before, to stretch in ways they didn't know were possible, to take on things they'd never done before, and to step out for the very first time and serve. And finally, the fourth step that we encourage is engaging your circle. Each of you are in relationship with people who, from where you sit, they seem really far from God. But they're close to you. You're in their life for a reason. We believe they're your friend, they're your neighbor, they're your coworker supernaturally and strategically by a work of God so that you can help them take their next step towards Jesus. And that's what happened with our friend Chris. He, he was friends with Mike. They'd been co-workers and business associates for many years. And Chris felt led to begin sharing about his faith with Mike. He felt led to buy Mike a Bible and say, hey, do you want to begin reading this together, talking about it? You should watch my church. We're all watching online right now. You could watch from home. No, no threatening, um, uncomfort or questioning. Really easy. And look what God did through that. I'd encourage you that Easter is 49 days away from today. 49 days away. And who has God put in your life that he wants to use you To help them take a next step. And what might God do through you as you pray for them, as you love them, and as you look for an opportunity to share with them, maybe even inviting them to tune in and watch on Easter Sunday. Now, all these things we've been sharing with you, who we are, what God has done, all of those will be part of that annual meeting we talked about in ministry highlights. Our annual meeting is an opportunity for our members to vote on our budget and our slate of officers. It's open to everyone in our church, but only members can vote. You can get all the details on the annual meeting, how it will happen in person, how it'll happen online at slash info Since you're watching this service online, you can't interact with our elders who are often available on Sundays in the annual meeting season after the service. We make them available because at the annual meeting, we don't take any questions. We give you two weeks before that to answer and ask all of your questions. If you've got a question about what you read in the budget or anything else related to the church, we're giving you two options today. You can text either of these guys. that are on our board, Dave Richards and Chris Inman. Their emails are really easy. It's their first name with an underscore and their last name at prescottcornerstone.com. Reach out to them. They're not on the payroll. They'll answer your questions and get back to you in a timely manner. And we encourage you to take part as we begin to look to what lies ahead, which is our third item today. We've looked back, we've looked within, and now we're looking ahead. So what does the future of Cornerstone hold? Well, like our friend John Mark said, there's no map for this, but we do see some very clear next steps. As a church, we're going to continue to embody our name And build and focus on Jesus. As a church, we're not here to advance a political agenda. We're not here to advance a personal agenda. We're here to make a big deal about Jesus. To point people to Jesus. To help people take their next step with Jesus. Our future as a church is being a Jesus-centered church. And part of that includes this next series we're starting next Sunday. We'll begin a new six-week series on the 21st called When People Meet Jesus. We'll look at what happens in the Gospels and today when somebody meets Jesus for the very first time. And a part of that journey won't just be messages on Sundays and discussions and groups. We're going to invite you to read the story of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on the road to Easter. There'll be daily readings Monday through Friday. We're leaving Saturday and Sunday for catch-up days because all of us fall behind when we read through the Bible in a period like that. But we're also going to provide for you an opportunity to get a daily devotional that goes along with your reading. 30 people who call Cornerstone home, who are part of our family, are writing devotionals to go along with those daily readings. And you can get those devotionals emailed to you every day beginning on the 22nd. To sign up for that, we'd encourage you today to go to prescottcornerstone.com slash devotional. There's a form there. You put in your name and email. And starting the 22nd, you'll get one of those daily devotionals along with a reminder of that day's reading every day. We're going to be a Jesus-centered church. Not just at Easter, but all year long. We're also going to continue to be a simple church. In in this world, there is so much complexity that we're going to do all we can to fight to keep the main thing the main thing and to remain focused on doing a few things really well. And that includes our map of steps. It isn't a map of the future because nobody has that. It's the map that we feel God has revealed to us to encourage people to take steps. Gathering in worship, connecting in a group, serving where you're gifted, and engaging your circle. That's what God has called us to do. It's not complex. It's it's focused, and we're going to continue to try to get better at reaching people through our worship services, ministering to people and equipping people through that, connecting people in groups. We want to see more groups open so more people can join groups. We want a better resource group leader so they can effectively lead their groups. Part of what we're excited for in 2021 is continuing to get better at helping you discover just how God has equipped you with gifts and talents to serve and we look forward to sharing more about that with you later on this year. We also look forward to continuing to help you to be equipped, to engage the people around you. Not only how do you pray for them, but how you share your faith with them. And we look forward to sharing more along that lines later on this year also. We're also committed as a church to remaining real, honest, and authentic. We want this time, whether you're joining us in person or you're joining us online, to be some of the most honest times in your week. We're going to keep it real at Cornerstone. Part of the hardest part for me in 2020 has been knowing how real should I get? How far should I let you in? Because there have been real struggles this year. And I hope you've recognized that. As we talked about things like mental health, storms in life, the wilderness, we're not just going through the Bible and gaining knowledge. We're trying to meet you where life really happens. Yeah, there were some parts of last year that were the greatest that we have been stretched. And that was pushed us and challenged us in ways that we're still trying to make sense of. So when stuff happens, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to keep it real. We're going to show the struggle. We're going to be honest because that's where God meets us and that's where God changes us. We're also going to continue to be healthy. We're going to continue to pursue health. So many of you have come to Cornerstone and God has used our church to help you heal from hurt in life or maybe even hurt with the church. And we will never be a perfectly healthy church because none of us are perfect. But we're going to pursue being healthy as a church staff. We're going to pursue being healthy as a church board. We're going to pursue being healthy as a church body. And what that means is that we're not going to let anybody pretend that they have it all together. And we're going to help anybody who wants to take a next step with Jesus take that step to become healthy to heal, and to pursue transformation. So often in church, we get caught up in in learning more information, and information's not bad. The Bible's a book we need to learn more about. But we're not going to settle for just learning information about Jesus. We want to be transformed by Jesus. And so whether you're new to the faith and you're sitting at the table, or you're really far along in your faith, this is a place for you. And everybody will be given a next step. Everybody will be given a seat at the table. And we will continue to try to help everybody. No matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, take a next step. We'll continue to pursue transformation in our lives. We're not going to settle with what God has done in the past. We're going to continue to pursue what he has for us. We're also going to continue to be a church that's for Prescott and for the world. We're going to continue to make a tangible difference in this community And we're going to have a vision for our impact that is so much bigger than the place where we live. We're going to continue to invest tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars in helping the gospel go around the world. And we're going to continue to invest in our community to help people here discover the good news of God's love. We don't know what the rest of this year holds and when normal, whatever that looks like, is returning. But we're committed that we're going to serve and minister in physical and digital ways. This digital world is not going away, and we're going to continue to show up in digital spaces to help you take next steps. One of the ways we're going to do that is later this month, we're launching a new website. There's no new URL to learn, it'll still be PrescottCornerstone.com, but our new website will be able to give you an easier, more accessible, and easier to navigate experience as you learn about next steps and opportunities as a church. We're launching a new sermon archive because that's one of your favorite places on our website. You'll be able to search for messages by topic and passage when an opportunity comes up that you want to learn more about something or a question comes up and you want to dig deeper into that. We hope that place equips you with the answers you need to live out your faith and to help the people around you take their next step. And it's maybe the last thing in this list, but it is the first thing we're going to do. We're going to be a people who pray. I don't know about you, but I prayed more in 2020 than I have in a really long time. As a staff and a board, we prayed more in 2020 than we've prayed in a long time. As a church, we set aside time to fast and pray for an entire day this fall. We, we prayed every week on Tuesdays on Instagram and on Thursdays on Facebook. We prayed all throughout this year. Some of the things we're praying for as a church, we're praying for God to identify for us a new worship pastor. We've talked to some incredible candidates and we're praying for God to lead us to just the right person to lead the worship culture at Cornerstone into the next season. We're praying for the time later this year we'll be able to gather back together here at Yavapai College. We don't know yet when that will be, but we're excited to be back in one location again. And we're praying that God will continue to provide for us financially. We know that the financial hardships that we're all facing are not done. And we'd encourage you that if God has moved in your heart today and shown you that God is moving through Cornerstone Church, we would ask you to continue to give, to begin giving, or to consider to invest even more in our mission, both here in Prescott and around the world. There's one note we want to make about this for you. You gave in incredibly generous ways to our Benevolence Fund. And this is rare to do in a church, but we wanted to let you know that we are sufficiently funded in the Benevolence Fund for the foreseeable future. If that changes, we'll let you know, but we feel equipped to meet needs based upon what you've given in that, in that fund. We would tell you that if God provides for you or moves in your heart to give above and beyond our general fund, which funds our ministries and our missions efforts, we'd invite you to give to our next step fund. If you go online to give, you'll see a drop down menu. It says general fund, benevolence fund and next step fund. Our next step fund was created several years ago in anticipation that God would provide opportunities for our church that happened above and beyond our normal budget during the middle of the year. It's also the place that we began setting aside funds, preparing for a future time when we moved into a permanent home. We want to be honest. Some of the dynamics that made 2020 hard related to the fact that we are a portable church. But I'll be honest with you. Part of our thinking about a future permanent home for Cornerstone changed in 2020. I don't think you would have thought about a church needing to have the the top-of-the-line equipment, lighting, video, sound, streaming to reach people through live streaming, but now that most of you have watched a service online, you now know that if we're going to build a campus in the future, it's going to have to include incredible investments to reach people in digital spaces. And so we don't have anything to announce today about a move like that, but we do believe that we are not a permanently portable church. We're praying about what God has for us in the future. And if God moves in your heart or provides resources for you to give above and beyond your giving to our general fund, in 2021, we would direct you to give to our Next Step Fund, praying and anticipating God working and opening doors that when those doors open, the resources would be there to help us step into those new opportunities. Now, like every message at Cornerstone, we're going to end this one with next steps. And so we've got four of those for you today. Here's the first one. What can you celebrate from last year? I've got these balloons over here as a reminder to celebrate. And some of you may have seen them and go, man, what are we celebrating right now? We're celebrating that God has been at work. So as we've talked about what we're celebrating as a church, what can you celebrate from last year? And I want to encourage you that if you can't thank God for what you have now, you won't thank God for what you have later. If you can't thank God for what he's doing in your life right now, I don't think you will thank him for what he does later. I think you'll take credit for that yourself. I say that because that's what I've done. And celebrating right now is a discipline that puts us in the pattern of worshiping God no matter what. Second next step. How do you see God at work looking back Now that you have more time and space. For some of us, we got so caught up in the difficulty of 2020 that it was hard to see God at work. Well, now that you have more time and space, what do you see? Philosopher Soren Kierkegaard famously said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. So we're going to continue to move forward. But as we try to understand looking back, what do you see God doing in 2020? How do you see his work differently now and you did in the moment. Third next step. Simple. What's your next step? As I was sharing today, what did God put on your heart that you need to do? Last week, our friend Eric Dalrymple shared, and he said that sometimes following Jesus is as simple as taking your next step, doing the next right thing, obeying what God has shown you to do. So, Before you get distracted, turn off this video, your phone rings, the dog barks, the kids run in. I want you to clarify what is your next step. And when you figure that out, I want to encourage you to tell someone what that next step is and when you'll take it so they'll hold you accountable. This past week, I've identified some places I want to see uh, my life, my leadership, my family move forward this next year. And in each of those elements, I've made a list of people I'm going to tell so they can hold me accountable to do those things. Finally, number four, who in your circle are you praying for between now and Easter? I believe there are people in your life, like Abby, like Mike, like Debbie, that God wants to use you to help them take a next step towards Jesus. And I would invite you to begin identifying those names and begin praying for those people. Friends, I know it's been a little bit longer message than normal, but I'll just end this message like this. I believe that the state of our church is strong, even coming out of our most difficult year, because God is good, he's been faithful, and he's at work. He promised to build his church, And he's keeping that promise. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for all that you did in 2020. We thank you for the the stories and the stats and the moments and the memories. But we believe the promise in your word that the best is yet to come. That what you are capable of and what you have for us in the future eclipses what you've done in the past. So we pray that you would enable us to believe that. We pray that you would show us who it is that you've called us to be. Remind us of that. And as you reveal what our next steps are, Jesus, we pray that you give us the courage to follow you in simple obedience. Thank you for walking with us through last year. and Thank you for going ahead of us into this new one. We thank you and we praise you. In your name, Jesus, we pray.